Ready? Yeah, well, let's do it. Are we recording? No. We are recording, aren't we? We are recording. Okay. Yo, I'm Tony. I'm Adam. This is Only Yesterday. Welcome to Only Yesterday. Yo, uh, for HR, this is not therapy. Not um, therapy. Don't take it as therapy because this is a podcast. You cannot receive therapy over a podcast. If you like, it's one yes. side. It's one sided. We're talking to you. And adding on to that, anything that we recommend, any suggestions, are just suggestions. Consult with your healthcare provider or a trained therapist if, if you want treatment. For sure. But um, <clears throat> yeah, today's topic it's it's a, it's a rough one. Yeah, trigger warning for everything: um, sexual crimes, physical abuse, PTSD. So if you're triggered by that, yeah, this is your this is your chance to turn your off the chance podcast. to turn off the podcast. Or if your if your resolve is strong, then press on. Gambaro. Right. So um, today we are discussing uh, surviving domestic violence. This is part one. We're yes. going to be focusing more on the physical aspect of domestic violence. However, we're going to be touching on the other ones because they're all connected. You you can't have one without the other. In fact, it's even witnessing violence or domestic violence is as impactful as experiencing it. Right. Oh, yeah, like. for PTSD. Absolutely. Um, so for today, our sources are... Domestic Violence at the Intersection of Race, Class, and Gender by Ida DuPont um, from Pace University. Um, Violence Against Women as a Public Health Issue, The Annals of New York Academy of Sciences by Joan Chrysler. Uh, CDC Facts, uh, CDC Fast Facts, um, Preventing Intimate Partner Violence. Again, CDC Fast Facts, Preventing Child Abuse and Neglect. <coughs> Domestic Violence in the Transgender Community by Megan Daughters Such. I'm not sure how to say her last name. but I don't know either. Yo, it's D-O-T-T-E-R-S-M-U-S-C-H. Sounds, sounds German. Yeah. Word. Um, <clears throat> the Intersection of Domestic Violence and Poverty by Barbara Nice May. Seeking Safety by... Oh, God. I left that the author out. Um, <laughs> I was in the middle of typing it, and then I got... I had a client come. So oh, it's, Hey, it's all good. You were actually working. Yes. It's all right. It, the, actually, researching this stuff helps me for my job, so... Yeah. Lisa Najewitz. All right. Are we, do we have, like, a definition for domestic uh, violence? Yeah, so... This is Barbara Nice May. Okay. Domestic violence is a pattern of coercive behavior used by people to control their intimate partners. It encompasses abusive tactics, including, but not limited to, threats and the commission of physical and sexual violence, economic, emotional, and psychological abuse, and the abuser using any privilege they may have to maintain. To, uh, I was doing so well to maintain power and control. Yeah. So. Just a, a pattern of coercive behavior, man. Yes. And it's 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 terrible. Like you said, like this is going to be a potentially triggering episode. Right? Yes. Like many many trigger warnings. Yes, and I will say, like, 
with like when we think of forms of abuse, we think of like people hitting people. Right. But abusers are actually a lot of them more cunning mm-hmm. to not leave bruises. Sure, sure. And so a lot of the abuse is actually financial. Right. And so that's that's one of the other withholding money, controlling the money. Right. Right. You know. Emotional abuse is common too, so you don't have to be hitting people to be an abuser. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um yeah, so real quick though, a caveat my man's put up here. Yeah, so uh these statistics and stuff, uh they only reflect what's like reported. Right. So reporting domestic violence is actually a very risky um thing for people. And that's they a lot of times they end up getting killed in that process. Oh. Damn. Yeah. Yo, so that's it's a tough process to leave. That's when it's most dangerous. Right. Yeah. So you definitely want to, if you're in one of these situations, um, be very careful, yeah. be very mindful, be very thoughtful in how you decide to either extricate yourself from the situation or prepare yourself to do these types of things. Yes. And so, um, unfortunately, uh, domestic violence overwhelmingly impacts more women than men. Although men do also experience domestic violence. They do. Yeah. Um, um, it's different. And it also happens in the trans community and the non-binary We're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to get there. just want to make sure. I have a specific. I just want to make sure everyone feels included. I'm not up, just an asshole. <laughs> want to make sure everyone feels included up top. And I'm not an asshole. I included it. But, um, <laughs> um, poverty has an undeniable role in DV, especially for women and single mothers. People of color are disproportionately impacted, especially, uh, specifically African-American communities. Book. Yeah. So gendering violence, this is what we're talking about, also ignores abuse that non-binary people experience. So transgender individuals experience DV at the highest rate of any community. Yo, and that's that's raw. That's yeah. Yo, and imagine compounding that with the fact that you might happen to be a person of color whose culture doesn't necessarily, you know, subscribe to trans people. I uh, yeah, I know several people like that. Yeah, so, shit must be rough. It is rough, you know. Right. So yeah, that's a pretty unique experience too, because like the mainstream community doesn't accept you, you know, and they're, they live in like a, a Baptist Bible belt community. So like, yeah, you can imagine right. how it is for them. Quite difficult. Yes. So yeah. Um, gendering violence, making it, you know, we talk about women experiencing it more, but also like trans people experience it just as much, if not more. Absolutely. Um, and then it has a high societal cost for sure. Meaning like just, Let's let's think about it. Like one jail for the perpetrator, mm-hmm. court costs, you know, lawyer costs for divorce, um, medical bills, foster care for the kids potentially, substance use, treating that, like, right, yeah, the psychological cost of the kids, yeah, seeing it, yeah, hearing about it. And then how much that will cost them just in terms of like what they'll have to go through with therapy. Therapy. Therapy is expensive, man. Yo, for real. Yeah. Ugh. Shit. Yo, it's a... Uh, I, I work as a place that provides it for free, so... Nice. Yeah. Yo, you freaking come hit you up every once in a while. 
to yeah. what's going on. I mean, not you specifically, but you know, I feel like there would be like if you can qualify for Medicaid. Word, but so you, you have you have your Medicaid. VA benefits. So word. So if you can qualify for Medicaid, you could potentially someday have Adam as a therapist. Well, now that he said that, you can't because now we established a relationship. But yeah. I mean, I'm not establishing. I'm just saying it's it's a potentiality. I guess so. I can't control I mean, that. Right. You don't know who's going to walk through your that door. That is true. Right. We could be 10 sessions in and you say, oh, by the way, I'm a listener. And then you'd be like, okay, well, this is a potential conflict of interest. I need to discuss this matter with my supervisor. Yes. Yeah, so okay. don't, if you're a listener and you come in and you get me as your therapist, just don't say anything. Or just ask for a new therapist. That too. Uh, half. This is a great note to segue into after our sidebar. Half of female homicide victims were connected to IPV. So, yeah. What's IPV? Inter intimate partner violence. Oh. So half of female homicides are by their partner. Okay. So, or former partner. So imagine. Not only is it bad enough that as a lady you have to worry about being accosted by people on the street. Yes. You also have to sometimes in certain, some certain circumstances have to worry about being accosted by your violently accosted. Yes. By your partner. And uh, like I saw a statistic and I can't remember exactly, but it said many of those, that was the first sign of aggression that their partner had ever showed when they killed them. Whoa. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Right, that sounds like someone's holding that in for quite a while. Yeah. I mean, unless they're like, unless they're showing other signs, right? Like being verbally abusive or... Some people just snap. Right? There's a whole series about it called Snapped. Yeah, there is. So, it's crazy. Um, Speaking of intimate partner violence, there's several types. Um, So, there's stalking. Right. um, Physical violence. Sexual violence. And then psychological aggression against the partner so and that's that's terrible bro like can you just imagine trying to be home in your place where you feel safety or you where you want to imagine you'd be safe yeah and then have to be concerned about this shit too like i can imagine yeah it sucks yeah it's fucking awful um i think a subtle one is psychological aggression which is a lot harder to to discern you know yeah, well, <clears throat> if somebody hits you, you know that that's bad. I mean, if you're being mindful, right? I guess if you know what signs to look for, yeah. then the psychological adre- aggression cannot be as uh, as subtle, right? Because you, or you'd be like, "Yo, I just motherfucker, did you, bitch?" You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but, but most but people, don't know what to most people for, don't, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I when like, I talk in therapy, like most people have never heard of this stuff before. That have experienced this word you know so yo speaking of violence i was on the phone with my mom earlier today yeah i mean it's not like really intimate it could be seen as intimate partner violence so we're talking about the no. passing of the queen yes and uh we were discussing like colonization and how you know what i don't want to get anyone mad at me right now because it's too fresh so what I'm gonna say is I, I, I want to hear it now. You just started. You can't. You can't back out of this. So okay, my mom was saying that you know, hey, the queen is just like a sweet old lady. You know, she didn't do anything wrong. Mm. She was she was just a, a a kind lady who you know did her best and 
was the, the sweetest old lady that could be. And I was like, okay, for some people, sure. For some people, she may have had that influence. She may have had that sway about her. But if you ask many other people, they feel the absolute opposite about that. They feel like, oh, hey, um, maybe I can have my land back. Maybe I can have my artifacts back. Yeah. Um, and we we had to we we broke it down a little bit, and uh, it was. Yeah, you want to hear a story about her? I mean, I don't want. This is brief. I don't want to derail too far from the episode. No, this yeah. is brief. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is about people of color. Uh, sure. So, Princess Diana, okay. who, who died, um, she was doing like work in Africa, like for people with AIDS. And just helping the communities. And the queen's response is, why the fuck are you doing that? Like, you don't need to be helping those people. So, I... And so, you don't hear about these things. No, you don't. <laughs> but that's that's kind of who we're dealing with, you know? Polarizing figure, to say the least. Yeah. Like, yeah, to say the I don't like least. the queen. You know, I mean, I'll, I will say that, again, I am all for self-determination. Yeah. So... If that's what that person felt they needed to do at that time, to be absolutely fair, everything is the way it is today because that shit happened. I also yeah. believe in the butterfly effect. And yes. So, and the world, the royal family definitely carved up a portion of the world. Yeah. I mean, I we probably wouldn't be doing a podcast had they not, you know, done all that. Like, if we really just go back and fucking, like, They did down. the slave trade, so... Exactly. And you, so, you would be in Africa and I would not be here. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just like how I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying I'm happy that these things have happened. I'm saying that they happened. We are where we are today. It and, is what it is. And here we are. Yeah. So getting back into it, um Let's go. about one in five women, um, and then one in seven men and seven men reported having um, severe physical violence from an intimate partner in their lifetime. That's, so that's, that's like 20% of women. And then I don't know how many percent of men that is, but that's, that's too many. Bro, it's like if you go to like JCPenney, yeah. if you go to a shoe store yeah. and you just walk throughout there, right? At least two to three people that are in there have experienced you know, severe physical violence from an intimate partner in their life. Yeah. That's, that's wild to think about. Yeah. It's crazy. And then about one in five women and one in 12 men have experienced, um, like sexual violence by an intimate partner. So that's a big gap there. It's a big gap for men. Yeah. And let me say, and this, I believe also goes back to what you were saying. It's like men don't want to, report this type of thing it's like yo i'll i'll feel either ashamed or i'll feel like scared or i'll feel like people will judge me or whatever so they just it just goes unreported yeah um then 10 percent of women and two percent of men report having been stalked by an intimate partner so that's reported but yeah okay imagine just imagine if you will because i used to i used to fear that Uh at some point i would develop uh, what paranoid schizophrenia. Yes. Right. And so imagine if you will, you're going home, you're just minding your, you're walking home, you're on the bike, you're driving, whatever. And you notice someone behind you. Right. And 
originally you're like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Okay, they're probably going the same way as me. And then they they keep coming. They keep following you, right? And then you like you look back, like, yeah, this motherfucker for real following me. Okay, okay, yo. So I'm gonna turn down this other street that I don't usually turn down. So maybe if they, you know, maybe if they expected me to go home, I'm gonna be going this other way. Still following your motherfucking ass, bro. Like, and then you finally try to make it home. They still following your ass, bro. Imagine, imagine having paranoid schizophrenia and someone is actively stalking you. Like, the, holy shit. That would be yeah. so terrifying. Like, and then you find out you just had like a balloon stuck to your belt or something. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like in SpongeBob or something. Oh my God, bro. <laughs> um, it I'm, reminds me of that episode of SpongeBob, though, um, when it's the, what is that? There's like a criminal out loose and they think it's, it's actually turns out to be SpongeBob, but yeah, who's like the hall monitor? Yeah, the hall monitor. But um, that'd be fucking scary. That man. would absolutely. Like, My, yeah, because like that's why um, people with schizophrenia are actually more likely to have violence acted on them. Yep. You know. Yeah, bro. So yeah, that so, that would be scary as fuck. You know, um, I get fucking scared. Like if I don't close the door all the way and I forget, and then the door is open. You know. <laughs> And then you come back like, yo, why is this fucking door? Hey, who opened this door? Yeah. Who's so, in here? One time, speaking of stalking, we uh, went out. Our power went off, mm-hmm. and we went outside, and the box was open. And it's not an easy box to open. It was just wide open, right, and right. the thing was turned down. And it's like you have to wrench it, you know. Ooh. So somebody turned off our power. So now we have a lock. Nice. Good, yeah. Good. You know, but that was scary, that man. Up. It was scary. I bet. Because who knows who that was? Could have been anybody. Could have been your dad. He, he was in t- out of town, like across the country. So He could have called someone to be like, hey, turn the fucking power off and scare my family. That would be fucked up. That would be raw. Yeah. I mean, that would be like big prank shit. Speak, but, speaking of like fathers doing prank stuff, let's get to DV. <laughs> I don't know how to segue into that. Well, I mean. <laughs> speaking of fathers doing shitty things, let's get into DV. That's what I meant. I mean. I want to get into like the the effects of domestic violence, right? Sure. Like, and so there was a couple studies that I was reading here. Um, I want to discuss like the physical effects, yeah, of DV. And so there's a disease or disease or abnormality. I don't know what, what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, called dysmenorrhea or dysmenorrhea. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that. Yeah. But it is a difficult and painful menstruation, <laughs> right? That sounds so, like it hurts. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want that. I don't want that for anyone that I know and love. Exactly. For even for someone that I don't know or love. I mean, unless you're the ops, unless you're the enemy, bro. Like, exactly. Yo, you. <clears throat> anyways, so there's another one named uh, Dyspareunia, um, which is difficult and painful. Oh, this is getting worse and worse. No, so yeah, difficult and painful sexual intercourse. Um, I literally know somebody who has struggled with this particular um, discomfort. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it's fucking difficult to live with, for sure. Um, but yeah, some ladies... So again, we're discussing the physical effects of DV. Um, some people, hell, reported getting STDs, um, getting migraines, getting infections of any sort. I'm, I'm sure you can imagine, you know, things that you would 
find you know associated with that um, gastrointestinal gastrointestinal disorders. Sorry, mispronounced that first time. Uh, chronic pain, hypertension, and sometimes musculoskeletal problems. Uh. Just need to make sure I pronounce this shit right, bro. It's um, okay. But yeah, and so um, another <clears throat> another study regarding the physical effects of DV. Uh, people had reported having low energy, um, weight change, poor appetite, constant fatigue. Bro, could you imagine just always being fucking tired? Like all the time, like you have to wake up. Doesn't matter what you're doing in the day, you're always fatigued. Yeah, but that shit would fucking suck. That would suck for sure. Um, dizziness, indigestion, and many other physical symptoms that can persist for a long time after the abuse is over. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so like for years, even bro, uh, they could be the result of the residual effects of the physical injuries sustained during the violence, or stress-induced changes to the immune functioning, like PTSD, or hyper-focus on physical sensations. Wow. So, like, being super, like, imagining, right? Like, if someone was, like, strangled almost, like, it was just, like, constantly smothered, like, in their abuse, and then Mm. just having a a disdain for, like, tight-fitting clothing or something. Yeah. For, like, sweaters that hug just the right way you're like no I, I i mean i don't shit would fucking suck dude that'd be scary that would be yeah that'd be awful and so um some of the emotional effects of domestic violence um is emotional distress obviously like if if someone's not emotionally distressed after being abused then i don't know they're they made it something else they have incredibly strong resolve or they probably don't truly understand what's going on maybe i'm not sure which one or maybe they know. do and they're just like you know what fucking i love this this is great like, is it abuse at that point then i mean it's still abuse but if someone yeah. enjoys it i mean i don't know objectively it's abuse but subjectively to that person is probably not abuse because this is their norm i guess or, yeah i guess there's cases like that yeah stockholm yep, there you go yeah michael yep. jackson <laughs> This is Michael Jackson, yo. Um, Have you seen the documentaries? Bro, okay. Regarding the documentaries. Okay. Anxiety disorders. um, Some people also report having depression as an effect from domestic violence. Um, Obviously, PTSD. Some people report having antisocial behavior. Um, They're more likely to smoke. Um, Some have more... <clears throat> some people have more likelihood of having a poor nutritional intake and not getting enough sleep. That antisocial one, I'd say that's like the most disturbing of all the the stuff there. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've ever interacted with people who've been physically abused, but like when they get aggressive, when they get going, like it's different. Like, I don't know. There's just. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like, I honestly I think there's someone who I have worked with who might have an antisocial um personality disorder. Probably. Probably. Um yeah, but that's yeah, that's a whole I'm, I don't know if it it may have come from abuse or it, it usually does. Have. Usually does. Mm. Cuz it has to be something that like they they just don't have empathy. Right, right. Like showing little regard for people's rights. 
you know. Yeah, so I, I've definitely worked with some people who could potentially, when they're an adult, be categorized that way. So yep. I can see them now. Unfortunately, I can. So terrorizing the streets. Yeah. Okay. Abusing ice cream cones, slapping them into the ground. Are we talking about SpongeBob still? No. Yeah, I mean we could be, but I'm talking about like (laughs) yeah, just antisocial people like they Uh, don't like ice cream, just fucking mushing it into the ground, destroying children's happiness. Yes. Yeah. So uh, talking about poverty, color, and DV, right? Ooh. So like I was saying, black. And indigenous women face the highest homicide rates. I think it's, um, yeah, it's about twice of like all the other categories. So okay. let's let's kind of break that down because, right? Why is that? Do you think? Uh, that's a loaded question, my friend. Yeah. Um, why do I think that women of color or you know black and indigenous women, um experience violence at a higher rate than one good old-fashioned racism. I feel like that's that's one of them. And I feel like if it's not, then someone's not being truthful. Yeah. Um, Because I hear and see shit happen on a daily basis where someone's being accosted for being a particular, looking a particular way. Okay. And then, like, not following what some anyways so <clears throat> there's that i feel perhaps generational trauma um if someone had for the sake of example someone is descendants of a colonizer and someone is also the descendant of a colonized you know area right yeah um they meet boom here we are face to face colonizer says hey i want you to do this colonized says eat my asshole i'm not doing what you tell me to do colonizer says we i have the power you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me you're gonna fucking tell me boom violence so i feel what else again just let's see religious okay like i'm not saying that i'm not saying that uh women of color and women who are more caucasian in their complexion um I'm not saying that they worship different gods, but what I'm saying is they perhaps don't, they don't worship the same way that we do. Right. So I don't know. I I feel like I've seen, I've seen many different uh, renditions of church, like from the Mormon church Mm -hmm. to the Christian church. But again, there's like so many different denominations of the Christian church. Right. So, and they all they have their own little, little, little slide to the side mm-hmm. and they worship a little different. Um, if you want, I can keep going as to why I believe that women of color. Is no, serious. I was just letting you talk. I was just letting <laughs> no, you talk. I can, bro, I can fucking go on like uh, the poverty. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, I was going to say like just poverty, like fleece, uh, also like fleece but, responses. And that's not to say that. Um, Caucasian women don't experience no, they poverty. Do. They definitely experience poverty as well. Just slanted, like statistically. Statistically, you know? right? It's just we're overall. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think also with Native American, you know, indigenous women, they, the police are spread out. Like, 
you might have one officer for I don't know how many square miles. Like, it, it's not right. They don't have the resources, you know. I literally didn't even think about that my entire existence. <laughs> Knowing that I'm an educated person, I, I do my best. I try all the shit. I never once thought about the police presence on reservations and how many resources they actually get to assist the people until today. Yeah. So I, so I go fishing a lot, you know. Right. And a lot of that is driving through reservations and driving through there. And yeah, it's pretty spread out. Like it's pretty spark. The colonizers gave them the shitty land basically. Yeah. So like they gave them, they put them elsewhere. And so they put them in the deserts, the isolated places. And so they, like these places are like really far spread out. Like I went to New Mexico. I've been to Eastern Utah, you know, so. But yeah, that's part of it. It's just the underfunding. And then I think like I think there's substance use involved here too. Like Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell me there's not. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and again, there's certain circumstances where there's not. And so let's say dealing with that trauma, some people yeah. do end up using substances and some people just have immensely strong resolve. But some people get super good like super big into fitness, right? Or some people get super big into crafting like they find not necessarily a quote-unquote substance but behavior a hobby yeah find something to put your time into um i think most people though that is impacts don't have the resources or the skills to deal with that so this is what happens what what i'm saying is like if you're one of those people that has been able to like resiliently like deal stuff that's great but like i think most people you know, it impacts them negatively. Of course, of course. I'm I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that when someone gets punched in the face, they're like, you know what? I can really learn from this. Like, <laughs> like, no, it, it it takes time, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be negative. It's gonna suck. There's gonna be some maladaptive behaviors, perhaps. Yeah. But you know, once one processes and once they you know get through, they're like, okay, maybe I can put my time into this. Um, what we were saying earlier is like the intersectionality of race, and class. And gender actually has real life consequences for many battered people who are seeking safety. Um, individuals may have internalized ideologies antithetical to the disclosure of violence, right? So no one's going to believe you. Ooh, yeah. Like, oh, you know how much power I have? Fucking, yo, you better shut your mouth. You better, you know who I am? I'm the fucking senator, bitch. I'm your senator. That's probably happening right now. Swear to God, bro. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of that, but I mean, uh, it's more prevalent than you would think. Yeah. And, and again, these are just the statistics that have been reported. Yeah. Okay? This is probably, this problem is probably way worse than we even know. Yeah. Uh, so for example, a Vietnamese woman who has been taught that saving face and family unity supersede individual safety and will be reluctant to seek help for domestic violence, right? Like, if you're saying, oh my God, my husband is punching me in the face and my child is watching, like, I want to get help and your mom and aunt and grandma and your uncle and your fucking dad are like, you need to stay with this motherfucker. You need to stop. You that, need to stop trying to bring shame to my family. Yeah, that happens. That fucking sucks. It like, does suck. I can't, I, I don't... I empathize with anyone who's like, of like, been on the receiving end of violence. Like, yeah, that shit fucking sucks. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just want to say that. I'm not trying to make light of it, but... We're just trying to get through this and just you know trying to, you, like, you have to laugh through it. Otherwise, we'll just fucking die sad. Yeah. Like, that's it. We're um, not making light of your suffering. For sure. Um, likewise, some women of color, particularly African-American women, may hear that calling the police will subject their partners or themselves to racist treatment by the criminal justice system, as well as perpetuate the racist stereotypes that all black people are violent, right? And so if we just think about that for a moment, because I literally know a woman of who was, I really wanted to have her guest on this episode, but she's like, hey, you know, my schedule is this. And I'm like, okay, understandable. We gonna press on, but bless you. We really want to mm-hmm. have you on this episode or maybe a, another episode, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But imagine being a woman of color and saying, oh shit, I'm going to call the police. This this motherfucker is beating my ass right now, and he just so happens to be black or freaking what Tongan Samoan. He's freaking like he's a really dark Indian. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like really deep Latino, bro. Like 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 Afro Latino type. He's not white, basically. He's got right. His melanin is a few shades darker than right, most. right. And so you're like, hey, I need some help, and so on and so forth. He comes, they come through, like, oh, hey, we gonna lock your ass up for sure. My n word, your ass is going to jail. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you, lady, you probably did something to provoke him. Why would this? Why would he be so mad? Like, look at you. You got some bruises on him. He got some bruises on him too. So you probably hit him back. You probably started. You know what? We're gonna take you in just in case. And so, to imagine, like, okay, to think that. If I ask for help, I am likely going to go to jail. Not only that, maybe this was just a one-off. Maybe we're going to go to counseling. Maybe we can try to fix whatever. However, if that ends up working, great. If not, get your ass out of there. But imagining if I ask for help, I will be perceived as an issue and a threat. That's yeah, insane. That's fucking insane. insane to me. Um, the same can also be said about LGBTQ plus, I mean, yeah, all that. Um, couples and their potential for biased treatment. So yeah. like we were saying earlier, like like if we're saying I'm you know, I'm trans, like this person who is like super macho machismo, like yo, get the fuck out of here, you fairy word. Fairy oh, is what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah you thought yeah, you thought, bro. <laughs> so um yeah. It's this. Uh, yeah, so I don't. I don't I, condone that. I was, so I was reading about what that looks like the the abuse. Let me just scroll down and make sure. I don't condone harming trans people for being trans. He was just doing a bit. So obviously, with with transgender people, it's worse. Um, it's the most. So one and two will experience domestic um, abuse. Yo. Yeah, and then for lesbians, um, one and four. For people who are bisexual, one in three, and then for gay people, one in four. So that's that's a big. If you had four gay people lined up, one of them would experience domestic abuse. That's a lot, right? One that's, in two trans. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of. And so I, I think about it like this. Right? Yeah. If we were to have ten people, based on the stats that we have earlier, right? We yeah. have ten people. Boom! Like we say, ten just. Hetero women, boom, 10 people, two of them likely have been abused. Yeah. Okay. And then we talk about, we have 10 people of transgender community. Yeah. Five of them have been abused. 
we say we take the gay community. Four of them. Wait, hold on. Wait, I can't do math. 2.5. 2.5 of them. I can do math. Yeah. <laughs> have been abused. And that's, that's wild to me. Yeah. And so uh, here's a quote from Nathan Brewer. He's a trauma therapist and crisis counselor at the Sexual Assault Response Prevention Center at Boston University. For many queer identifying individuals, uh, calling the police is not really a safe option. Often it is trading one form of violence for another. So individuals in these situations often lack avenues for assistance. And without family, friends, or even law enforcement to turn to, it is easy to see how someone can become a target of violence and abuse. Right. So it's the same thing. Like, like just shitty cops not doing their job, basically, is what I want to say. You know, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, when you say uh, trading one form of violence for another. Yeah. like. I wasn't necessarily thinking shitty cops. I was thinking like from the drama and bullshit that they're going on in their environment, they take them to a different, you know, a foster home or wherever. And then they experience violence there as well. And then they take them to somewhere else and then they experience, I mean, and sometimes perhaps they may be, you know, victims of violence toward the hands of the police. Well, I was saying more cops that don't care to help. Sure. Cause that's, so that's what often happens too, is that the cops are just going to make fun of them. Hmm. Or ask them, kind of um, blame them, you know, for this, what you get for being gay kind of thing. Or, you know. Interesting. Yeah, I was just reading that online. I mean, that was like the, like the, what, the 80s and back it's notion. Like still today. Among the cops? Yeah. Like that's I mean, what not you get every, I, gay, I can't like, say every single cop thinks that way. But like I was reading that that's the fear. In the gay community and the LGBT community Yo. of reporting sexual assault. Like, one, either the cops not wanting anything to do with it because it's, it's it, it goes against their, yeah, it goes against their perceived like norms, you know? <laughs> so. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to laugh. It's, it's more like a. It's shitty, you know? It's a disbelief. Like, you yeah. mean to tell me that you signed up to serve this community a member of your community says hey i need your help and you're like yo you're gay like no i'm not gonna help you i can't i won't yeah that's wild to me and it's legal now in some places that's the fucking wild yeah so that's a big thing and then also just the it kind of like the domestic abuse they experience is that the rejection of their 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 families like um because it's it's domestic abuse to kick some a kid out, right? You know, yeah, sure, sure. And so, so I mean, make them po- impoverished. And imagine and before homeless. the person was kicked out, yeah, the the angry person who says, "You need to change. You need to go back to being whoever." I'm not even gonna. You need to go back to being that other kid. Yeah, you need to stop being who you yeah. think you're not. And then perhaps physical violence at the hands of the parents or the siblings who yeah. are like, "Yo, you're a." F- Theory. you need to stop doing this or you're confused you need to get yeah. your shit together let me beat it like beat the sense into you like it, it's, it's complex that's complex trauma too yeah yeah there you go welcome to last week's episode yeah exactly oh, fuck. so yeah it's just a, it's just a shit ball yeah you know for that kind of stuff and i feel for them and, absolutely you know i worked when you work in this kind of field Especially like you and I are community providers where it's like free. Yep. You see a lot of trans people who 
are battered and who've been abused and who are homeless or, yep, you know, and that shit sucks. It's sad, oh, for sure. So and so, my man's touched on um, the emotional, the psychological, and the financial abuse. Yeah, that's going to be the next episode. We, I would love to touch on that, like, and I would love to go more in depth into it. But that's not what this episode's about. It's a big episode. So. That, w- that would make this episode like long Three hours. Fuck. Like, yeah. We have yeah. to give them like their own respect. Bunch of batteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of batteries. Um, we, we're using this apparatus that uses batteries. And uh, it actually, it works quite well. It, so it does its job. That's that's why we're investing in battery. We're going to have to like put that shit on the business expenses. Exactly. Yo, for sure. So, um, excuse me. So... Why do people, why do people commit to doing domestic violence? Oh God, this is so many reasons. So many reasons. For some people, it's cultural. Like, yeah, this is that, my loaded question to you. Yeah, why exactly. Do do exactly. <laughs> some people they grew up, they saw like their parents. That was the pattern that they learned. Right. And then they went to school, and their parent, their kid friends' parents, so also did the same thing. And everybody, you know, so like that. Hell, that was my family. Like my grandpa saw that shit mm. in Pakistan. You know, for sure, for sure. Um, sometimes it's just mental health. Yeah. Whether it's like depression, depression makes people like statistically it makes men like angry. Like mm. that's one of the things is like with teens, you know, if they're angry, sometimes it can be depression. It's masked. As yes. Depression. Yes. And then, um, trauma, you know, of, when they, when somebody responds to them in their family the way that, a certain way, maybe it reminds them of a trauma from last week, a trauma reminder, and then they go into kind of fits of rage. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, like, as you're saying these things, I'm, like, having my own layman's terms type examples, right? Like, so someone's super fucking pissed off Yeah. that my spouse didn't iron my shirt yesterday. Yeah, this should have been done. What the fuck are you doing? fucking done. I woke up this morning and my shit wasn't Now I'm late for work. And now I'm late for work because I have to stand here and watch your stupid fucking ass fucking iron my shirt and i'm sorry if that triggered anyone who actually had to worry about shit (laughs) but again this is not therapy we gave y'all several trigger warnings this is our podcast i'm ever so sorry if that bothered you but we in the fucking building we need to talk about this this is a bit this is an act out this is a we need to talk about some of these things yeah so yeah that's that's a big thing too of Of why um, people do it yeah and so unfortunately had to go through there but yes the next part is you know what can we do there's a lot of right. stuff we can do. Um, and if you're in an abusive situation, obviously you want to get out when you can, you know? But for some people, that's not an option. Right. You know, money-wise, and there's, there's kids involved and everything. Mm-hmm. So I want to like say that before we jump into it, not being insensitive to those people. But oh, um, a big thing is restraining orders, um, r- women's shelters. So... yeah. Before before you do any big, huge changes, like, first you should, like, notice the signs, right? Yes. Like, notice what's going on around you. You know, if someone's, yeah. if someone's telling you, hey, this person's no good for you, they're doing this, this, and that, and you keep making excuses for them. Yeah. Like, notice some of these signs. You know what I'm saying? And so, these are things that you can, um, some suggestions yes. for risk reduction. Like things that you can do to reduce your risk of 
being in an abusive relationship or like being in an abusive yeah. situation. So these are things to do before the violence happens. Yeah. So some of these are hard to do too. Restraining orders, like yeah, just the act of filing that. I can see so many retaliatory like things happening. Right, right. And often does. Um, and again, I, I work with clients that have have domestic violence charges, you know, so I've, I've talked to some of them about some of this stuff. Word. Um, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. So women's shelters. Um, and if you're trans or non-binary, like finding a shelter, you know. Um, crisis hotlines, you know. I, I can see those helping, you know. I can see brochures helping in, like, libraries and stuff, um, like physicians' offices, um, just being educated. Because a lot of people, they don't know that, like, okay, this isn't okay. I thought, like, I was just supposed to be, like, a good wife or whatever, mm. you know. Like, I, I thought this was normal. Right, right. You know. And so becoming aware of that can be important. Um, community centers. So, like, Ooh. having places to go, like, even to bring your kids so they're not in, around the abuser, mm-hmm. you know. So they're not at home alone. Yeah, activity. So, yeah, um, churches, you know. I tend not to like churches, but, like, they do some good stuff with that kind of stuff. Yep. They do some good work. Yeah. They, they do, do the Lord's work. Sometimes. Whatever that looks like to you. Whatever that looks like to you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. For some people, it looks like withholding abortion rights, but let's not go there because that's going to be another tangent. See, we, whatever it looks like to you. Yeah. Whatever yes. it looks like um, to you. Women's clubs. Um, yeah, or and the support groups. So, like, there's a lot of stuff. You know, there's lots of resources. Even in the rural areas where, I, like, up in Logan, my, my classmates worked in these kind of places with therapists. Nice. Like shelters. Nice. Um, educating men on the long-term effects the violence has on the partners. Um, we actually do domestic violence like for courses because many of our residents, our clients, are have have to do mm-hmm. domestic violence classes. So like we have like therapists who teach these, and they do a lot of like managing those expectations. Good, you know, of like with anger. Mm-hmm. Um, managing kind of like the trauma managing like the mental health things so it's actually a pretty straightforward treatment if you if you do it right it's like it's a tradable thing word so oh it sounds good yeah i'm with it yeah so teaching children the value of not abusing others i think that's very important too yeah absolutely um like tell your kids it's not okay to be buzzing other kids in the face for no reason yeah so set those expectations i think that's important too and then post-violence. So this is kind of my job a lot. I have a lot of clients who's been a domestic abuse victims, so mm. survivors. So um, I'm glad that you work with people who have, you know, I'm not to say that I'm not glad that they experienced this, but I'm glad that you're able to work with them after they've experienced it, right? Like, Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, so some people have found relief from their trauma by discussing with one's therapist or psychiatrist about the experience of the DV, um, for documentation and to place into perspective the actual violence that had occurred, you know, and their ability to process their experiences because it's fucking traumatic. Like it's rough to have to go through something like that. So it's good to, it's good to get some perspective to not to, you know, continue to internalize whatever negative thoughts the abuser had put into your head, you know, to kind of break free of that. Um, Let's see. There are 
intervention programs. Um, like my dude was saying, there's um, crisis counselors. Yep, crisis counselors. We fucking in the building. Let's go. Yeah. Um, you can access battered women's shelters. Um, again, for the LGBTQ plus community, I'm absolutely certain there are centers that you can access. Hopefully, there's some even in rural communities. But I mean, that's kind of a long shot, especially in more uh, more traditional areas. I'll say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, local local law enforcement. Again, like we're talking again with the restraining orders, um, having the local law enforcement, you know, arresting their perpetrator and documenting. Hey, this is why this motherfucker needs to not be around me. Otherwise, the goons coming out and this motherfucker about to die. So this motherfucker really need to stop coming around me. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, joining a support group, once again, for survivors of violence. And so these are things that need to, these are things that need to be available because of how prevalent this issue is, right? Like these are things that people need to be funding regardless. Like this, this is, you know, more of that that personal the societal cost is societal cost right like I don't know do y'all want to keep seeing people die on the news or have people you know shot you know it's kind of it's in my mind it's pretty obvious that it needs to be happening but to some people it isn't right right and also supporting one another like so just being able to hear what's going on with your sibling or your you know close friend or whomever or your distant friend yeah like person you don't really talk to like catching up with them and be like yo hey what you going through fam like you good you need anything yeah and always encourage people never encourage people to stay yeah it's a big thing we need to reverse right and another thing you said earlier you said off the rip earlier it's like it's difficult to leave those situations off, like just off the jump, right? Yeah, off and the so cuff. Never want to encourage someone to stay in that relationship, but I always want to encourage a safe departure. So if that means that you are able to stay alive by being there one or two days longer before you're able to leave safely, yeah. then I I would want to go with the you know the least amount of harm possible. Like yeah, if it means you get to stay alive, awesome. But I mean, if it means you're getting your fucking shit rocked every single moment that you're there you need to extricate yourself from that motherfucker immediately like there's there's no if and or buts about it so there's yeah it's it's difficult support one another for sure yeah yeah so um if you or anyone you know are struggling with issues relating to domestic violence um physical violence emotional violence fucking financial value again we're gonna anything cover, anything we're gonna cover these episodes later yeah but um yo reach out please get help uh please support one another um hit up some of these services fucking yo this world is rough this world is raw this shit don't care but we're trying out here damn it we're fucking trying word yeah i think you covered it fucking all right yeah bye. reach out get help bye reach out get help bye don't come for me. No, but this is actually fun. It's informative because I've already learned a couple of things that I didn't know or things that I hadn't thought about.